Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, February 1st, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has some mixed feelings about tonight's game being the last one before the All-Star break. Yeah, that's always a tough a tough one. You know, just getting going with winning and got to go on break now, <laughs> but we'll, yep. we'll get into that. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to catch up with the latest and greatest with the Flyers. We're going to preview tonight's matchup against the Winnipeg Jets. And it's Tuesday, so we'll have our weekly Phantoms check-in. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, so we got a little bit of information at practice yesterday. Uh, Wade Allison is still progressing. They said he would be back after the All-Star break, which is still true. Um, But it doesn't look like he'll be back for that first game following the break uh, on the 9th. So it'll likely be February 15th before we see him out on the ice, but it doesn't sound like there's any setbacks based on what Mike Yo was saying. No, nah, I saw him in the press box. He he looks okay, and they, you know, the sporadic work of February will be good for him mm-hmm. because he won't have to play a lot of games, but when this thing starts getting condensed, I'm going to start worrying again, but for now, it's fine. Yeah, I feel the same way about Derek Broussard uh, because yeah. it seems like he's on the verge of returning all the time. Now, obviously, it doesn't make sense for him to come back just for this one game tonight, but uh, he could come back for that first game after the All-Star break, but to be determined. Yeah, I get it. He's probably just itching to be out on the ice, and he knows that if he plays, he can get dealt somewhere, and he's a good guy. I I like Broussard as a guy. As far as the hockey player, he's always going to tantalize you a little bit when he's healthy, but now him staying healthy is a tall order. I think so, too. But, you know, fingers crossed that that he'll be okay. And who knows where he'll slot back in, given everything right now. But uh, we we have a new coach officially now. Obviously, we knew about John Torchetti's getting hired, mm-hmm. but he had been in COVID protocol. And so his first day at practice was yesterday. After By the way, we wouldn't, the world would not have known that if I didn't ask the question about filling the coaching vacancy because that's when Chuck then talked about John landing and going right into protocol. I'm not sure he would have mentioned it at all if I didn't ask the question. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) But uh, my understanding based on what came out of practice is that they haven't figured out who's managing what exactly yet, but they're going to nail that down uh, before the first game back after the All-Star game. I mean, just the idea that they haven't nailed that down worries uh-huh. me in the sense that shouldn't that have been like part of the conference call before he came over? Like everything is, is it really all this just loose in the wind kind of thing? That's what it seems like with this team right now. 
And, you know, they've had a few days off now to talk about right. some of this stuff and could have roped him into some things. And, yeah, I would have expected they would have that pretty clear by now. And and you're right in terms of why they hired him. So that was a really weird thing, I thought, <laughs> to say. Yeah, I feel that way, too. One good thing, I think, is that Isaac Radcliffe seems to be staying in the lineup for tonight's game. Uh, we've been talking about how we don't like this one and done situation for the prospects coming up from Lehigh Valley and rotating through and wanting multiple games to really see what these guys can accomplish. And so the fact that they did not send Ratcliffe back down or keeping him in this game, uh, even though there is a Phantoms game on Wednesday, and we'll talk about that, my guess is that they'll send him down, you know, after tonight's game and he'll get in the two latter games in lehigh valley this weekend but uh again still good that he's getting two games we'll see if he gets three yeah i agree i mean i'm not bringing him up just to play heavy hockey i'm bringing up isaac ratcliffe so i can sort of help him round out into the power forward that we want him to be and get him scoring a bit i didn't i'm not bringing him up to be zach McEwen. There's a difference, you know? Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit because Mike Yo commented on Connor Bunneman's play at practice yesterday, uh, talked about his game on Saturday against the LA Kings, and that, you know, Yo had really positive things to say about Bunneman, said he played his best game at the Flyers level this season on Saturday, which I don't disagree with necessarily, um, but that... You know, he was looking for him to play, you know, a heavier game, but use it to create offense. I think that works well with what Isaac Ratcliffe can do out there. And if the two of them can get some actual playmaking going along with their physicality, I mean, that could be a really solid fourth line option for the Flyers. I mean, it would be a fourth line. Well, we yeah. can start there. You got to start somewhere. I, I mean, you know, again, I had said before and you agreed that Bunneman was one of the few guys that could start a cycle on the team. And he certainly can move guys out of the crease and possibly score goals. That's how he scored goals in junior. Uh, But again, yeah, playing the heavy thing. I I know he said he wasn't talking about crushing guys, but I worry a little when that gets put in like young players' heads because I feel like then they feel like they have to play more heavy than what they're used to. And and that's that's the worry I have for like Ratcliffe and guys like Bunneman because it's like, yeah, you're getting noticed, but we still want you to do this just a little more. Just give us a little more on this. And it's like, I get it, but they're going to see what heavy hockey is really like against the Jets. Yes, they absolutely will. And, you know, I think that it is, I think interesting that they're keeping the same combinations essentially out there I mean it is like okay only one more game before the break there's no sense Mm -hmm. in upsetting the apple cart to use another cliche on this episode if somebody wants to keep track at home we're going to use a lot of them we don't care yeah (laughs) um I think that you know it does make sense to keep things the way they are for this game and I am interested in what the ice time looks like for each of the th- the three bottom lines. I think obviously the Lindblom or Drew Atkinson line should get the most ice time 
overall. Mm -hmm. But looking at those other three lines, you know, what are they going to do with them in terms of opportunities and ice time, um, given what their role is supposed to be? Yeah, I think I think the issue is, is that Winnipeg is so strong down the middle, then that's what's going to screw up the Flyers lines. Because as an example, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, the last couple of games, he's been as high as 75% on faceoffs. And Shifley's already a beast on faceoffs, which Giroux is too. So maybe he can handle Shifley, but who's going to handle Pierre-Luc Dubois then? And Lowry's no slouch either. Exactly, exactly. We did have um, another absence from practice. Uh, Morgan Frost was out. He's apparently sick. Uh, it wasn't COVID, but he should slot in on that third line with uh, Max Willman and Jerry Mayhew, who, of course, have been maybe not the best line, but the most dynamic line. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm not even going to use the word dynamic. I'll just say they try very hard and they've gotten some nice results. guys. That's what I'll say. Plays hard. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, you hinted at, you know, some potential matchups with the Winnipeg Jets. We're going to talk a bunch about them in the next segment, and then we'll get to the Phantoms talk after that. But, you know, we are in the throes of the end of the football season, so there's less football being played right now. But Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. You can look at, you know, total scores, player performance, props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started. It's not just football. Bet online's got basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. And I'm on the Friday show. So uh, come listen every Friday and I'll be doing some special Olympics coverage as well. So tune in to that on Locked On NHL. All right, the Winnipeg Jets. Again, feel like haven't talked about them, seen them in forever, but... Most recently, they won versus the St. Louis Blues 4-1. to uh, They had initially given up a power play goal in that game. It wasn't a great start, but they scored four unanswered in the rest of the game. Uh, there was a really goofy play in that one where there was a Blues-on-Blues collision that led to a turnover in their own zone, and then there was an <laughs> empty net, and Stasny just, like, tapped it in. Um, it was very weird, <laughs> but um, it was a very uncharacteristically... I think weak game for the blues, but the jets were able to capitalize on that and win. And they broke their own losing streak, although it was only six games. Uh, They were Oh four and two in that, I guess you call it winless streak as opposed to losing streak. Uh, But Mm -hmm. prior to that, they had lost to the Canucks, the Panthers, the Pens, Bruins, Preds, and Caps. So a variety of teams at various levels in the NHL that they could not seem to solve. 
the, for me, the Jets are in a very similar situation to the Flyers this season in that there were not, you know, extremely high expectations, but there were expectations that there would be a step forward for both teams this season, and neither teams took that step forward. The Jets are currently way out of a playoff spot. I will say, though, that the Jets are a lot more prolific scoring-wise than the Flyers. Uh, The Flyers currently have three players uh, with 20 or more points this season. The Jets have eight so far, which is a big difference. Yeah, no question. I didn't pick the Jets for the playoffs, and I know that raised eyebrows on the show that I was on. And I, I didn't do it based on the fact that I had said the team tuned out Maurice. And they did. And... I do feel like now they're sort of in the throes of trying to re-figure out what they are. And so I do think their defense is the weak spot. So, yeah, they're, you know, but they're, listen, I mean, they're hard to play against still. doesn't matter what their record is. Yeah, it was a real turning point, I think, for them when Maurice stepped it down earlier in the season. I think you don't see that very often where a coach will Mm -mm. resign, especially mid-season. Um, and I don't think the Jets have managed to figure out what's going on with them either. It's, uh, it is weird, I think, how these two teams have a, so many similarities. They do. However, I do think that the Jets have a real solid top six. Uh, that top line of Andrew Cobb, Mark Shifley, and Blake Wheeler is very dangerous. And then, you know, coming up right behind them with Pierre-Luc Dubois centering Kyle Connor, who's their leading scorer and Cole Perfetti, who's turning out to have a a really good season as well. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois has that physical presence. He's like, I talked about his face-offs. He's second on the team in goals and, and Perfetti is maybe one of the smartest hockey players I've ever met. Like he is just really that smart, like mathematically Mm -hmm. that smart. He was one of the gifted, um, I want to say mathletes. That's a word, right? In, yeah. in Canada, and um, and he believes that that does help him on the ice because, you know, like, if you could sort of, I don't know, you know how you get that E equals MC square, all that flying in the, uh, in the sky like the Einstein? If you could get that on the ice and you see everything in, like, geometry and it makes sense to you, you could figure out a lot of things. Figuring out who's going to be open, you could figure out where the open spaces are, and these are things that Perfetti does, and... A lot of it has this hockey IQ, is because of hockey IQ. A lot of it is ability, great skating. Like, he was a tremendous pick, and he's already having an impact. So, yeah, he is a guy you have to watch. Agreed. I definitely was jealous when the Jets drafted him. And it's okay to be jealous. Yeah. You know, again, I get attached to these guys at World Juniors, and then they go to other teams, and I am sad and jealous. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, Kyle Connor, I want to talk about him a little bit more because he's got 24 goals and 20 assists so far this season. Again, you know, leading that team in points and to have your leading scorer on your second line, I think says a lot about your top 6. Yeah, no question. I mean, Connor is really good at a lot of things. I know that for whatever reason there was criticism drawn at him, I think before he got his most recent deal because, hey, he gets too many power play goals. What does he get at even strength? Well, 19 of his 24 goals this year are at even strength. So it's like, right. you know, he might have had a year where he had a ton of power. Like 
it was uh, 18, 19. He had 11 power play goals. And last year he had 10. This year he's only got four. He's doing this at even strength, the real heavy lifting stuff. He's a tremendous player. He is also a great passer. He's got speed. He's smart. He's strong. He's really one of the more underrated guys in the league, even though he's got all this ability and he's still only 25. Like he is a force on the ice. You talked a little bit about their defense being on the weaker side, and it definitely has been as of late, especially uh, they've had to bring up a bunch of the Manitoba Moose to fill slots. And so they've really only had, you know, three solid NHL defensemen for a little bit. But uh, Josh Morrissey just got out of COVID protocol, so he'll be back in the lineup against the Flyers, and I think that will help them on that end. Yeah, they they will need um, Morrissey, and you know the fact that Demello is out. He was a guy that they were hoping would be that guy that sort of fills the gap on on that team because they do have a a talent gap on defense. So that's a big deal for them if he were to come back. But I know he's wearing the other jersey, so he probably isn't. Uh, so that's that's hurt him. And you know, two years ago. Not this year, you know, last year, really. Um, there was all this talk how Neil Pionk has sort of, like, revolutionized his game. And, you know, Russ, what do you think about that? Because he wasn't like that on the Rangers. And I'm like, well, like, he was good on the Rangers. He, he had this offensive ability, but he couldn't play any defense. And then so he has that 45-point year, and now it's dwindled down to, you know, he's got 18 and 38, which is okay. And his defense mm-hmm. is better, but now all of a sudden his offense has gone south compared to you know, that 45-point year. So, and he's only got two goals. He's got a really good shot. So I don't know where Neil Pionk's game is, but he could be one of those guys that leaks starting to figure him out. It is interesting because I feel like that pairing of Pionk with Hanala mm-hmm. is actually improving Hanala's game a little bit more because Pionk is weaker on the defensive side of things and I think that's created a situation where he's had to play more aggressively defensively and he's actually turning out to be okay at it you know he's known as a as a skater and a puck mover you know and a shooter but his defense I think has improved no it has and I'll say Hainala because you're supposed to now but like these guys all change their names and it drives me crazy it used to be Hainola and then, you know, like, and he, and he lets us go probably for two years saying that name. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, it's not really the way you say it. But I'm going to say it that way. Uh, he is a really good player. I did always feel like he could play solid defense. Like, he was a solid two-way guy. And he was even when they gave him that first look early on. But I know they probably were looking for a little more offense. But because now that they have a guy like Pionk, you're absolutely right. Like, this is the perfect scenario for him. Well, I'm pretty sure we'll see uh, Connor Hellebuck in net for (laughs) the Jets, which is going to be a difficult thing to solve for the Flyers when they're struggling scoring, you know, multiple goals in games. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's going to be ultimately the biggest challenge for the Flyers. Yeah, it's hard to find him on a rocky spot rocky start. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning 
and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the name brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whatever you need for your car, you'll be able to find it and get your car in shape now. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right so heading up to lehigh valley and talking about the phantoms i gotta say just from a big picture perspective It has been really nice seeing the Phantoms turn things around. Are they going on the hottest streak ever in the AHL? No. But they had such a disastrous start to the season. And you're looking at the last few weekends of action that they've had. And they've had more success than failure as of late. And they're they're doing the thing that you want to see and finding ways to win games. I mean, I think that that's if you're going to compare the Flyers to the Phantoms is that the Phantoms are at least some of the time finding ways to win games, even if it's not their best game overall, where they don't play a complete game. They're doing that. And I do have to, you know, give the team and Lappy a little bit of respect here for that in that they have created an environment where you know they don't give up. This team just doesn't give up. No, I, I agree with you on that. You know, give me a couple more weekend sweeps and I'll feel pretty good about their season. Like it's leveled into a spot where I do feel like development can happen. I think I think they're close to that. And so that part's good. I do feel like it's not all hitting quite right yet. And look, we could talk about all the guys going up and down all we want, but that's always going to be a battle. So, you know, I think Perrier has saved his job. We'll say that. Yes, and I think that, you know, if what you said comes to pass in terms of Danny Breer being the unofficial yeah. GM. Of well, you the saw Phantoms. the picture today, right? Mm-hmm. Up with Chuck at practice. Like it's absolutely. It, yeah. So if, if he is more involved, I think that'll be good from a Phantoms success perspective, as well as a player development perspective. The Phantoms are, you know, they're still in sixth place in the division, but they're at 500 hockey right now, which is not something I was sure we were going to be able to say, to be honest. Um, no, and that's they, true. And they did beat the top two teams in the division this weekend. Um, you know, they won two out of the three games. So they lost to Springfield on Friday, but then beat Hartford four to nothing on Saturday and then beat Hershey three to two on Sunday. So especially beating Hershey in your third game in three days, yeah, I think is, is a pretty remarkable accomplishment. They're five, three and two in their last 10. So, you know, I, I am going to give them the, uh, the stick taps for that. Yeah, they should, they should get that. They're on a good little run here and it does help the organization. It does because now when the Flyers give some of these players like Ratcliffe their couple of games and they go back down, uh, they go back down with confidence and the team's not a, a train wreck. So that you hope that that really does help pick up that team too. And in essence, pick up the scoring for a guy like Ratcliffe as an example. Exactly. 
And, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about the three games in detail. Just, you know, a a couple notes. That game against Springfield was an absolute disaster. They gave up five first period goals and and there wasn't really coming back from that. Uh, They gave up a natural hat trick for Nathan Walker. (laughs) I saw that. I saw that online. I got to tell you something about Nathan Walker. He every once in a while, he has one of these games. He does. No matter what level he's at. It's crazy. And he's Australian, right? I Mm -hmm. mean. He's like that one guy, like he's just, there's something about him and he's likable. Like, I really like this guy. Very much so. Very much so. And then on Saturday, this was the farewell game for Pat Nagel before he heads off to the Olympics and he got a 26 uh, shot shutout. So there you go. And that might be the last game he plays for a month. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Unless there's injury, I'm not sure he's playing. Unless maybe they throw him in a prelim for a period, hopefully. Yeah, well, the the Phantoms got three goals in the first period of that game. So comparing that to the previous game where they gave up five first period goals, I think that's that's a really good recovery and a really good bounce back. So again, you know, they're making progress in increments. No, incremental progress is okay with me. And then Sunday against Hershey, man, that third period was absolutely bonkers. You could tell they were out of gas in the third period. It was tied one to one. Uh, They gave up two goals to Mike Vecchioni in that game, which always hurts when a former (laughs) Phantom comes back to bite you. Um, But then, you know, Hershey got a power play with about eight minutes to go in the game. Lena Sandine sprung a great pass to Cal O'Reilly for his second shorthanded goal of the game to tie it up. Yes, Cal O'Reilly scored two shorthanded goals in a single game for the Phantoms. And Which then, is crazy. Yeah, and then Sandine scored with about 5.30 left in the game, and then they just held on for dear life, to be honest. But they won. Yeah, this is why in another, you know, after the All-Star break, Sandine deserves more than just one game. He Absolutely. really does. Absolutely. Yeah, he had one assist on Friday in that losing effort, an assist on Saturday, and then a goal and an assist on Sunday. So very strong weekend for him overall. Another guy that I think built on the previous weekend was Wyatt Wiley. Uh, Last week, we talked about he had had a three assist game. And on Saturday, he got his first goal of the season. And I thought he played really well, especially on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Wiley's a guy that does have the tools and I'm not sure he's you know going to show you a ton of offense at the NHL level but he is a very good puck mover he is a guy that has a good shot and he has scored goals in in his past so he is a guy that you feel like I don't know could give you 15 points 17 points maybe at the NHL level and it's nice to see it start to click for him because he is only 22 like this is a guy if if he can make it, it would be great. And also, you know, Carter Hart knows him well. He played in Everett. So, you know, that could be a really good thing for, for all concerned. And he could be one of those guys that becomes like one of your depth defensemen. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, you know, I'm not sure he'll get a chance this year unless it's at the nah. very tail end of the season. But I think that he'll be in prime position if he has a really good camp next summer to have a shot at being I would say like an early call-up option yeah I think that's fair you know as far as goaltending goes obviously with Pat Nagel off to the Olympics Felix Sandstrom is going to be the guy that the team is going to depend on 
uh, for the next month or so. And honestly, I think that's a really good thing. I think we really need to see a lot more of what he can do. And, you know, again, he had a rough game on Friday, although, you know, the team in front of him was not stellar either. But I think he played really well on Sunday, 26 saves on 28 shots. And, um, yeah, he's going to be the man for, for the duration. He is going to be the man, and this is really good for him. And I feel like he's on the cusp of having a really good season. He's not quite there. So this could maybe put him over the top. That is what we are hoping. Well, the Phantoms have an unusual uh, day game tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, a 10.30 a.m. game in Bridgeport. I'm going to watch it if they have it on NHL Network. I like those games. I could work and watch a hockey game. It's great. Should be fun. And then they're playing against Providence on Friday and at Hartford on Saturday. So busy weekend against some tough opponents. All right. Well, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Man, we were talking on yesterday's show about Cam Atkinson and how strong a season he's been having and his leadership qualities as well. And you maybe controversially said that he could be the next captain if Giroux is dealt. And um, it just goes to show you, he is very supportive of his teammates. He's a little bit more active on Twitter than maybe some of the other players are and just posted a tweet in support of Giroux going to the All-Star game. And I love it when guys are, are like that and supporting their teammates. No, I love it. I love that he'll jump and try and help somebody in a charitable cause. Uh, he's confident in his game. He's confident in his online game. Hi, Mark Stone. Well, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll recap tonight's game against Winnipeg. We'll have our mailbag. So send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, and I'm at Sportsology. S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.